0: What are you playing right now?
1: Well, Brandon, um, I don't have a very different answer from last time, unfortunately. I'm hoping that's not going to be a trend. <laughs> it's, um, it's been like a month. Yeah. You know, uh, turns out I don't play a lot of new games on a regular basis, and it takes me a really long time to get into new ones, so... I mean, I could have told you that. <laughs> same old, same old, same old. I... Uh, Pokemon Go has had some updates recently with uh, Gen 8. They brought the Alola starters in, so that's interesting. Um, Oh, and uh, in Animal Crossing, I recently broke 50 million bells. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You've really been putting in your time. Not that I was going for it or anything, but I just noticed
0: all of a sudden one day. That's dedication. I can't even imagine getting. Yeah, I, I mean, I did complete the original Animal Crossing, but this new one, I, I don't, I don't have the patience for it.
1: Well, and I mean, to be fair, it th- that uh, it, just in saying fifty million bells, it sounds like a lot, and it kind of is. But also, in order to get to that point, I'm playing like a couple hours every day, probably.
0: Sure. Sometimes more. Fifty million. That must be. You must be well paid off all your loans. Then, like you're just. Oh, <laughs> certainly. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. <laughs>
1: I've I've fully upgraded. Uh, like every all of this is is in excess of the main like costs to the game. There's uh, your your in home storage. I believe goes up to five thousand, and that costs like millions and millions of bells to right. get to that point. Right. So we're past that, but uh Yeah. <laughs> I just I am I am dedicated, I'll say that. I don't know that I'm I wouldn't say that I'm proud of the things that I've gotten to in the game, but that's that's where we're at.
0: I mean, like, i I like that you're playing something. What's the uh what's the, the whole vibe of your island? What kind of look are you going for?
1: Oh, good question. Um Well, it's a big part of How I am making all of that coin is uh, obviously a bunch of farms, things like that. I've got a lot of pumpkins set up. Yeah. Right from the get-go, I was very much into peaches. They're like my favorite looking fruit in the entire game. And so I decided I'm going to plant as many peach trees as I can feasibly have on my island without like taking up. (laughs) More space that I need for everything else. Right. <laughs> so I went a little peach crazy. I don't know if I have like a distinct vibe, really. Maybe like uh, a little cottage core. Huh. I'm really into like um, a lot of the log furniture. Although I also have recently installed either projector screens or like 50 inch TVs in like a bunch of strategic locations on my island because I'm trying to track the weather.
0: <laughs> Modern camping. I like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's a, thi- it's a thing. I
0: like that a lot. Yeah. How about you? What are you playing, Brandon? Well, I mean, I mean hold on. I want to stick at Animal Crossing for a second. It's funny you bring the peach thing up because uh, back in my, my Animal Crossing heyday on the GameCube, uh, we, I, I don't know how I got to this point, uh, my my buddy Ruben who who introduced me to the game I think he just convinced me because he liked the peach trees that it was the best fruit in the game for some reason oh fascinating yeah. so I I would keep uh when I, when I first made my uh, my first island I could not get them for the life of me I kept resetting the game deleting my town going through the entire like twenty minute opening of putting in your name your town <laughs> name and you're on the train with Rover and then you get off the train you go find what fruit you have. And it was never peaches. I got pears 95% of the time uh, once I got oranges. I never got apples either. So you were st- you were trying to start the game with that
1: as your native fruit.
0: Yeah, because I he didn't explain to me that, or maybe he did, but I, I couldn't do it. Because it, back then, to get another fruit, you needed a second memory card. You would have to get on the train to go oh. right to go visit another town, and then whatever fruit they have, you could bring it back with you. That was the only way to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, and now that I mean, obviously, with online functionality slash um, Nook Miles tickets, you can uh, f- you can fly to other just random islands and hopefully find other fruit that way, or you can just yeah make friends online and kind of do the same sort of thing to be exactly. able to fill out all of your fruit.
0: Exactly. I, I shouldn't say that was the only way. Uh, your, your parents could also send you a letter, really rare chance that had a, a, an exotic fruit in it. And if you had a Game mm. Boy Advance cable, you could hook it up to your Game Boy, and then <laughs> that's how you could sail to another island and find exotic fruit. Anyway, since uh, since the last time we talked, uh, I was in California for two weeks, which is pretty wild. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so I I, I want to say I haven't been playing a lot of games on my own, the past month, but I have been playing. I was playing a few things over there. A lot of Wii Sports, <laughs> believe it or not. Oh, nice. Yeah.
1: Like, are we talking Wii or just playing Wii Sports on Wii U?
0: Uh, play like original Wii Sports with the Wii. Nice. Yeah, it was a good time. I was never a Wii kid. Like, I, I never. Our, my family must have been the only in existence to not own a Wii, especially. um being in the, uh, the, the age demographic that I was in when the Wii was out. Like, that was for my generation. We just never got one. I never asked for one. My brother never cared. He became a PlayStation guy. I, I was very content with my GameCube. But anytime i go to a friend's house, they, every single one of them had a Wii. And we'd play, I don't know, Lego Star Wars or My Sims or sometimes <laughs> Wii Sports. And I never, like, I always thought it was really cool really interesting because, you know, I was young at the time and, and the idea of motion controls was cool back then. Uh, and then I got older and realized I hated them. So that, <laughs> so that happened.
1: So that's funny, actually, because the Wii ended up being the first... Uh, it's kind of backwards for me. My family ended up getting a Wii um, and that was actually the first home console we ever had.
0: <laughs> wow! you You're like... You're a decent chunk older than me, so that's very surprising.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know how that happened. It, it, for whatever reason, yeah, like I, I think maybe it was that the. I mean, obviously Nintendo had made uh, a big effort to market this thing as like this is going to be the general console, like oh, trying yeah. to, to trying to make it more mainstream. It's like you know the. The joke, the meme, being that uh, retirement homes uh, <laughs> filled with <laughs> a bunch of people playing bowling and stuff. Like, I, I think that was intentional. To be honest, they they moved in that direction because they just wanted to open it up to more people. Obviously, make more money, but
0: it was a confusing era. That I still I look back, and there was a lot of charm to it. Uh, like, the Wii is a, it is a very charming console, but I, I don't like the marketing decision they made where they shifted from... Like, the GameCube was directed at, at gamers. The Wii was directed at everybody. Like, and it worked. Yeah. It did. It, it was very appealing to a wide audience, but I feel like it alienated a lot of the, uh, the hardcore Nintendo fans because other than, like, Mario Galaxy, uh, what were you getting? You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: and that's the funny thing is, like, obviously, it... it carried with it that that understanding of this is a much more broader appeal console. But at the same time, you know, if you knew where to look, there were those titles that I still look back fondly. Uh I mean, yeah, obviously the the Mario Galaxy uh one and two. I'm not thinking of anything on off the top of my head, but
0: <laughs> Name four more. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you.
1: Guitar Hero one, two and three, you know, <laughs> no yeah definitely guitar hero 3 i don't know that we actually had anything before that in terms of guitar
0: hero can't remember it had all the guitar heroes it started on the, the ps2 which i find really interesting because the gamecube never got any guitar hero. now they did the xbox i think the ps2 did because it had such a long life cycle like they were making games for the ps2 right. all the way to like 2012 or something really stupid yeah there's a console with some legs I, I think, I, don't quote me on this, but I think to date it has like the longest longevity of a console. Actually, it might be the Wii because uh, uh, like Just Dance 2021 came out on the Wii. <laughs> right. Still can't believe that. Which
1: is like, they know, do- they know their audience, right? Like they're like.
0: Well, yeah, if they're going to buy it.
1: They're still putting it out on the Wii because they know that people are going to buy it and play it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I I developed a new appreciation for Wii Sports because I've always clowned on it because it was that era where Nintendo was just not making games for people like me. But you Doing know what? Stuff. I gotta say, with a group of friends playing some Wii bowling, some Wii golf, it there's something really charming about it. These are not impressive games, but there is oh, no. something very charming about it. I can't there's is a vibe.
1: It. There is. That's, that's particularly why I got all excited, because uh, obviously there was a, a direct since uh, we last talked
0: as well. Matt, that was so ironic. That direct <laughs> happened. So I'm going to play out the, the scene for you. We were filming a short film while I was out in California, and we were in Sacramento for most of the trip. But for one night, we went to uh, San Francisco, one, to you know, see the Golden Gate Bridge, see the city, because it's cool. And well, you have to. Well, you got to. And we had uh we had one night in a hotel there, which uh we needed obviously we were staying at a hotel, but we also needed a hotel scene for the film. So we got like a, a really nice one, uh, just so it looked good in the film, and then it was just happened that that was the night that the Nintendo Direct was. <laughs> uh, or the afternoon anyway, but I missed it during yeah. the afternoon. And you actually spoiled uh two things from me because I didn't watch no! it live. <laughs> I was oh, I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> you didn't know, like I, I never directs, so you're usually okay to do that. But <laughs> oh no, I, we were in the middle of filming. I pull out my phone and I'm being hotspot because I know I don't have data down in the U.S. Yeah, and uh, first thing that pops up, dude, Nintendo Switch Sports and Portal Two. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> and the funny
1: thing is, that was not even like half of the direct. No, like those were two two little cherry pick things, but like it was a. <laughs> Full, direct, unexpected.
0: Those were, the Nintendo Switch Sports was probably the highlight. Uh, so I told my friend, and l- the guys I was with, huge fans of Wii Sports. Massive. So I yep. told them that, guys, there's at least one thing you're going to really love in this direct, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> so they <laughs> yeah. were just, they were dying of anticipation all day. And then, we put it on the big screen, and we all watched it together. And that was really fun. It was the first time I like watched a direct with people in person, so that was, that was a good time. Yeah, I don't think I've done that ever before. It felt like the That's... Super Bowl, man. It was awesome.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like a half hour packed with all the stuff you need to know, and I mean, definitely there's going to be some stuff that most people, like niche games, where like, yeah, we can skip that, or I won't really pay attention for the next like five minutes, but there was something in there for everyone, I feel like. That was such
0: a solid direct we haven't had that in a a long time it feels like they've been killing it lately Uh, the last few directs i think have done this where it's a diverse lineup of things that at least at least one thing is going to interest you yeah because in that they had uh well they ended with xenoblade chronicles 3 which hooray for xenoblade fans i wish (laughs) i really wish i cared i really do (laughs) especially because that was the ending announcement which is like the big one yeah uh, we got, like, a new Fire Emblem, uh, uh, oh, what are they called, Warriors game. Uh, that new Mario Strikers game. I I didn't know we were getting one. Yeah, That's what super the crap? Exciting. And it looks good. Yeah. Out of, I can't speak for it yet, but of all the Mario sports games we're getting on Switch, this one looks the most competent.
1: Yeah, well, it it, it looks like they are coming to play, in a sense, like...
0: I have to assume we're getting a a baseball now because we got the tennis, we got the golf, which are both fine, but they're going with a more like, I don't know how to word it, modern Mario approach to them. Or like, what made those games, the Mario sports games so fun on previous generations was how much personality they had. Like, it wasn't just tennis and just golf. It was just random chaos happening. There were so many different modes that just completely changed the game to make it fun and not just tennis, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and that's that was the sense that I got with this thing too is that uh Strikers has and again, another series I've never played, but having only seen it in the periphery, I get the sense that the the attitude that they've always had with the Strikers series has been like a little bit more edgy, a little bit more rough around the edges and definitely uh that at least the trailer for this thing had that in spades like it it feels like we're coming in there's going to be some like beaten up like
0: <laughs> that's why <laughs> me- i'm surprised that they're doing it cuz mario strikers has by far always been the one with the most personality it's almost edgy yeah like yeah so i didn't think we were getting one with the, with the way nintendo likes to do sports games now so I think that's super cool. I will absolutely buy that. I don't know how often I'm going to play it, but I'm going to buy it just right. because that's cool. <laughs> so I have to assume we're going to get uh, we're going to get the Mario Baseball next since we have three out of four. But yeah, that direct it was super fun to watch that in a, in a group setting. Yeah, a really good time. That's
1: great. So obviously, like you know, being on the road and whatever, not exactly conducive to playing stuff all the time. I, I got to ask if you're uh, if you were playing a lot of Wii Sports. Having not maybe appreciated it for what it was at the time that it came out, was there any any particular game that you kind of gravitated toward?
0: So the one I remember the best, oddly enough, was the uh the fencing game from Wii Sports Resort. That was the one I really I really liked back in back when I was a kid. That was the one that I got excited about. But playing it now, um there is something iconic about the Wii bowling. <laughs> there just is i'm with
1: you man i'm with you oh boy i love that game (laughs) i
0: loved the golf too but i was really bad like i got curb stomped in golf i'm talking (laughs) i was getting like par nine
1: (laughs) that is that out of all of them i feel like golf (laughs) is like the most skill-based
0: yeah yeah like once you learn how much the wind really affects the ball and how to actually swing to get the proper amount of power it becomes probably muscle memory, but these guys were like veterans of Wii Sports, and I, I didn't know what the heck I was doing.
1: <laughs> You're coming in here and uh, just being shown up.
0: <laughs> exactly. We played a few other things. We played this horrible uh, Tron game for the Wii that Robert insisted we play. It oh, was, yuck. wasn't very good. He, we, he also wanted to play Club Penguin Game Day because that was part of his childhood. Um, <laughs> right. But the best part of this was we were cramped. He's got a tiny house, right? Like, it's small. And I'm sleeping on the floor. They're sharing an Ikea uh, sectional that folds out into a bed. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're in this tiny, like, I can't stress enough. Once we had all our bags in there, there was no walking room. Like, you're stepping over things constantly. And he doesn't have, like, a a good TV. We were playing everything on, like, an old 30-inch CRT TV. Which made it that much more cozy. <laughs> really sold the era of the Wii, you know?
1: Well and the and the the couch co-op thing, right? Like that's that's exactly what made those gaming moments, I think, really memorable, is that like, yeah, you're usually crammed around a TV that isn't big
0: enough, uh <laughs> trying to share screens. I honestly think that's that's what lent to me enjoying it so much like that setting i haven't experienced in a really long time and what's even funnier is we were playing like uh, smash Bros. ultimate as well and we're playing on a crt so we had to use an adapter from hdmi to downgrade it to <laughs> composite sort of like a modern like 1080p game on this 480i television <laughs> there's a weird retro throwback moment <laughs> it was a great time can't stress it enough
1: that's awesome
0: is there anything that you've been meaning to play that like maybe by the time we do this again that, you'll, that you will have at least attempted?
1: Um, well, I mean, I've written some stuff down. I don't know how likely it is that I might actually tackle any one of these. I know I said last time that uh, I would really like to get into some campaign for like Halo 1 and 2. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Still not there. Part of the problem right now is that I'm in between computers. I'm trying to move stuff from my old computer to my new computer, and Are it's
0: just—is it? Oh, wait—is it finally the day where you upgrade to Windows 10? <laughs> no, no actually,
1: I'm—I'm going to be downgrading to XP. Ah, uh,
0: <laughs> a man who likes a challenge—I can appreciate that.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I'm—I'm uh, I'm biting the bullet. I'm heading to Windows 10. What's hilarious, though, is because it's a new computer, it actually came with Windows 11, oh. and I had to downgrade it.
0: <laughs>
1: because I didn't want Windows 11. <laughs> I Who finally does? convinced myself I want Windows 10, and they didn't even want to give it to me.
0: <laughs> That's so funny. I'm glad you didn't want it. I don't like anything about Windows 11.
1: So, yeah, I it's a little bit of an awkward phase right now trying to get things moved between those computers and installed and et cetera. So like eventually, like if we wait another month for episode three of the Press A podcast with Digit Mason and Brandon Friesen. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's got a nice ring to it. I like that. Say that again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really rolls off the tongue if you're drunk. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the other one that I'm thinking of, and again, this this will highly depend on whether I have my Steam library up and running. I was big into Just Cause 2 oh. for the longest time. Really? Yeah. And uh, and I bought Just Cause 3 basically as soon as it came out with the knowledge that I, with how much I had enjoyed the freedom of Just Cause 2. Yeah. Um, But I have not touched it. And it's been, there's already a Just Cause 4. And that game has already been out for like a couple years now. Yeah. Again, it's a broken record over here. Constantly behind. <laughs> That's where I'm at. Buddy, I was playing uh,
0: Wii Sports for two weeks. Believe me, I get right. it. Right.
1: <laughs> if I had a Wii, I probably would have been playing that too. I actually missed out. Speaking of Wii Sports and uh, Nintendo Switch Sports, or whatever it's called, they were doing a kind of a trial thing. Oh, the uh, the play test. A free weekend or something. Yeah, play test. I was hoping to take part in that because I was like, man, this actually looks really good. And I never made the time to, (laughs) so I missed out.
0: Can you do me a big favor? They have a demo out for the new Kirby in the Forgotten Land game, so you can play like an hour of it for free. I would strongly suggest you play it. Man,
1: I don't know why I would hesitate at this point, because, like, yeah, I was big on Kirby. I had a... what was it? Kirby's Dream Land 2 on Game Boy? Played that thing to death? I'm gonna have to write that one down. Honestly, I, uh, I don't usually jump in with demos either and i don't really have a good reason for that
0: i actually i don't either not since the ps2 era where you would get like 11 demos on a disc <laughs> from <laughs> the good old days <laughs> yeah but I, the reason i would stress this one so much is me and you we're the platformer guys we love 3d platformers yep you will love everything about this game and i'm so i am 100 percent confident that you'll want to buy it all right i'll try it if i if we come back here next week and you say you haven't played anything i'm gonna lose it i'm gonna rip out my hair <laughs> It's a free demo and it's you it's,
1: say next week like we're actually gonna do another episode next week
0: <laughs> I mean, next month what are we a scheduled podcast <laughs> absolutely not who's got the time apparently not us <laughs> it's just uh, it it's a it's like mario odyssey meets three d world it's it it is completely hundred percent right up your alley well, and the thing too is like there has there really even been
1: a 3D Kirby game, like
0: ever? No, and that's why I'm also very excited. I've always liked the Kirby world ever since. uh Well, Smash Bros. introduced me to Kirby, and then I'm not big on the actual Kirby games, ironically enough. But uh, every like Kirby Air Ride was such a good spinoff. That was the closest thing Kirby's ever been to 3D. Uh, mm-hmm. Because it's a racing game in three D, and the city trial mode, you can get off your your star, your warp star, and then run around in a three D environment.
1: But clearly, that's not the main focus, right?
0: No, like at, at the end of the day, it's a it's a race. Yeah. Uh, and in, in other Kirby games, there are like little segments, little like overworld maps, bits here and there where you can run around in a small three D space. But this is the first like truly three D open Kirby game. Yeah, and I really. Really want people to buy it. Because this is the first time Nintendo has done the thing I've always wanted them to do. And it's just make more Mario-grade 3D platformers, but with your other IPs. Because they have a lot of them. They do. Kirby's been overdue for years. Donkey Kong 64 on the N64 was great. And they have not made a 3D Donkey Kong game since then. Yeah. They lost Banjo-Kazooie back then, so we haven't got a Banjo-Kazooie game in, in 20 years. Like, I just... Nintendo's been so focused on their other IPs and 2D platformers that like, we only ever get the big 3D Mario game, and that's it from them, which is a yeah. shame because they're the best developers for that genre.
1: Yeah, they, they got it in them. They just
0: have to take a risk. Exactly, and this is a risk. Kirby, he's been overdue for this for like 25 years. So yeah. I just want people to buy it, basically, support it. So I'm curious, based on you saying that, do you own it? Uh, it comes out on the 25th. I've only played the demo.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, well, it
0: just shows how much I know about release schedules here. <laughs> they did talk about it in that. No, no, they didn't. They actually shadow dropped it. It's just one day it was on Twitter. So, to be fair, it, it's easily missable.
1: That's such a Nintendo thing to do, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It was. This was unexpected. It was already unexpected. When did they announce this? E3? Most recent E3?
0: No, not even. It was. It was around Christmas. Like the, uh, remember we were all oh, surprised. Yeah. They announced the game, and then uh, it was like three months away. Like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah,
1: <laughs> which is like, I mean, thank you. Uh...
0: <laughs> They've been doing that a lot recently. Where it's yeah, yeah, the turnaround time is never huge anymore, and I'm really I'm liking it.
1: Well, and that's it. We could talk about that a little bit. That the the ups and downs of having a bit of time between announcement and release versus just not if you have that amount of time like if if we're talking like a year or more there's that opportunity to get hyped but still have to wait for it obviously whereas if you're talking a three-month window it's like yeah you can just basically get ready for it and sooner than you think it's out yeah I I don't know (laughs) I'm not sure which one I prefer to be honest because like with, with some games, some, like, early access stuff where, you know, it's obviously being worked on, it's kind of an active development, obviously this is not something that Nintendo ever does, really, but, like, to have a game, like, soft released and then get out of early access and then be done versus, yeah, you're told about it one day and then a few weeks later you're playing the demo,
0: like... I have a strong opinion on this personally. Um, I think early access is is really cool in the setting of big multiplayer games. Um, stuff like, you know, Splatoon, that deserves early access. Uh, uh, any weird, that, that weird dodgeball, I don't know why that's coming to mind. That dodgeball game that came out that nobody played? Uh, I don't know, Call <laughs> of Duty, Halo. I don't even
1: know what you're talking
0: about. That's fine, I, No nobody will. Uh <laughs> But big multiplayer experiences, I feel like those warrant um, early access. Uh, even something like Minecraft. But when it comes to like the the big AAA, more single player focused things, I hate long wait times between announcement and uh, and release. So Metroid Prime mm-hmm. Four is a good example. To be fair, that one like they were completely transparent that they restarted development.
1: Um, yeah, one I feel like they kind of had to say something because if they had just never made any kind of announcement for it and then it literally took like eight years. You'd have people asking some questions like what the heck? Well that's what why they, did you even announce this?
0: <laughs> that's what they did with Pikmin. They announced Pikmin four in like twenty fifteen that they said it was almost done. Like that was a quote from Miyamoto and then <laughs> we still don't have it. So like what happened?
1: And that's where uh there's just not as many
0: Pikmin fans anymore. <laughs> exactly i want to use a movie for an example. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse, one of my like top five favorite movies ever. They announced right. the second one like a few months after f- the first one came out for three years later. Why? <laughs> that doesn't... I, I don't... Yeah. I don't think any more benefits. See, I almost think that's a downside in the marketing department because... You'd
1: think, I mean, at, at least in some way, if they look at it in terms of they want to be able to continue to capitalize on it because I don't know that they anticipated the level of success that that movie would see. And absolutely, I would agree with you. That's, in terms of recently released animated movies, top three, easily. Yeah. No no contest. So maybe they maybe they partly expected it, but the wild success of it, maybe that was what got them going, okay, well... I mean, obviously we're green lighting the second one, but we have to, we have to announce this now because otherwise people will lose interest, which I don't really,
0: (laughs) that's my argument. I don't believe that. That's my argument, especially with games. When they have like a huge lead time where they announce it, it only comes out two years later, Bayonetta three, there's one, Um, uh, it's like, there is a sweet spot, a perfect amount of time where the hype just builds and then you don't lose it. When you have a two-year gap in between announcement and release, I'll stop caring somewhere in there. Like, yeah. I can only get so excited before I still realize, oh, it's a month and a year and two months away where I'll just stop paying attention to it. And then it'll just release. And then I won't get it day one because, like, the hype is over. It's, y- you blew it. Not to say I won't buy it at all. But, like, it just, that, Breath of the Wild did it really Actually, I shouldn't say they did it really well. They announced it years and years before. they.
1: (laughs) It's funny that that one came out on Wii U at the same time as Switch.
0: Well, it was so delayed that they did the the, the Twilight Princess thing where it launched on Switch and then ended the Wii U. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, I'll use that as an example anyway because when we actually got the release date, it was three months away. I think three months is perfect. Like, I will just relish in the details of that game for three months and it'll come out and I'll get it day one.
1: Well, you get then you get all of the people who were already aware of the game or at least previously inclined to be watching for, say, just any kind of Zelda news. That amount of time is exactly short enough that everyone who wants to get the game or to pre-order it or whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to happen. That That will help to push... At least from a marketing perspective, it's probably just a thing of you want to make sure that it's top of mind, and as long as the people that you want to reach are going to get the game, that's all you were supposed to do. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So I need to ask you if there's anything that you have been meaning to play or that you're hoping to play in your backlog.
0: In my backlog? Oh, (laughs) jeez. Think wow. deep, Brandon. Think deep. Which console should I start with? Like, I mean...
1: <laughs> what is the console that you say... You probably say you play the
0: most right now? The Switch. Absolutely the Switch. Hands down the Switch. Uh, you know what? Actually, interestingly enough, there is one that was pretty far down on my backlog that just bumped to the top because of circumstance. Um, our mutual friend Dave, I uh, we had a little... We'll get together, ordered some pizza, played some of those uh, co-op games. Um, just like, you know, those fun pick-up-and-play. Are we M- talking
1: Triforce Films, Dave?
0: Triforce Films, Dave, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube.com slash Triforce Films for up. all your acapella Plug, needs. plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went to his place, we ordered pizza, we played like Bro Force and uh, the Duck Game and, you know, all those fun couch co-op Sick. multiplayer experiences. Yep. And, uh, you know, he was playing Elden Ring and he just uh, he just told me he finished Metroid... Prime, not Metro Prime, Metroid Metro Dread, and he really, ooh, he really talked it up, and then he insisted that I borrow it. And I, I warned the guy; I was like, "I, I am late to the party on every modern game you can think of, unless it's a Mario or a Zelda game." And he's like, You're ah, among "Family, <laughs> I feel at home here."
1: <laughs>
0: so he was like, "No, he's like, no, nah, I don't need it anytime soon." So I was like, uh. "Like, okay." So I borrowed Dread from him, and now I feel very obligated to play that next. <laughs> because he borrowed it from me out of the kindness of his heart.
1: I have a friend who has talked that game up as well, and as much as I don't think I'll ever get into that, yeah, I I feel like that's a, that's a good recent pick to jump into. I'm excited to play it. From everything that I've heard online, it is everything that 2D Metroid fans have been asking for on a home console instead of just 3DS, like, exactly. it's yeah. legit.
0: I don't know a single Metroid fan who was depressed, who was upset with it. Depressed with it. I,
1: uh... <laughs> Oh no, another Metroid game, no.
0: <laughs> this is how I'm going to find out if I'm a Metroid fan. I've never really touched the genre. So this is like my, my, fo- my foyer into it. Foyer? My foray? Okay,
1: have we not talked about Metroid on this podcast yet?
0: I think we touched on it last time.
1: Okay, because, well, maybe I'm repeating myself, but, like, I'm probably a little bit in in your camp where, like, I don't know that I would consider myself a Super Metroid fan, but, like, in recent years, uh, one of the games that I borrowed from a friend back when I was um, playing on the Wii a lot uh, was Metroid Prime 3, and that's what really got me into it. Oh, really? Um, So the fact that I never owned a Wii U and I never got my hands on the uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy, that would be my dream release um, for a remake in between now and whenever the heck Metroid Prime 4 comes out. Um, To be able to play it on Switch. That's, I don't think I'm alone in that, but that would be my hope. Particularly just the world building that they do at least Metroid Prime 3, because I haven't played the first two, but I would really love to, just to get that context. Mm-hmm. Um, the lore, man. The, the, the story and the like, little journal entries and stuff. Like, I mean, it would be worth man. your
0: time. Metroid Prime 1 is still regarded as the best in the series. But how am I going to play that thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there was a trilogy on Wii, I think. Yeah, they released it on Wii.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't... I don't personally own a Wii oh. or a Wii U. Ah. So that's why that's why I need it on the Switch. I mean... Th- I don't actually... I don't have any friends who even have the game anymore. So, like, that's where... Like, I, I just feel like there's... And maybe, maybe that's something in my random Nintendo back catalog that someday I might be able to play is, like, getting into some of the older titles and just seeing what came before because obviously <laughs> jump, jumping in the third entry of a series I got a good sense for what I liked from that but I didn't see where it came from or any of the history of that so when I say I like Metroid Prime I'm only talking about 3 <laughs> which Metroid fans probably are already uh, yelling at me at this point
0: I think that is regarded <laughs> as the the low point for Prime thus far <laughs> So if you like that, well, you're bound to like the rest.
1: If they're, if they're any better than what I already like, then yeah, I'm in for, I'm in for
0: some good stuff. I, I mean, I like to think so. It's unfortunate that it started on the GameCube. Not because the GameCube is a problem. In fact, I thought the GameCube was Nintendo's best console up until the Switch. Now there's a heavy debate to be made there. Uh, but there's no legacy content for the GameCube. 99% of the games that are on the GameCube are still only on the GameCube. Like, except for Sunshine, yeah. Now we've got barely. That. <laughs> and there's like, a, there's a few. If you things. got it within
1: the like two weeks that you could buy it from Nintendo,
0: <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, Luigi's Mansion got a 3DS port. Whoopee Kaye, like yay! But <laughs> there's so many games on the uh, GameCube that have never gotten a second chance anywhere else, and that's disappointing.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that I have like the same fondness for the GameCube. I probably just. Missed out on a lot of the hype surrounding some of these bigger titles, and I mean, obviously, Metroid Prime was one of those. Yeah, just not a not a console that I have a lot of thoughts on.
0: I mean, that's fair. Yet, at least it, it was. I, I have a heavy appreciation for it because one, it was it was a, a generation about polish, meaning they took the N sixty four and the GameCube was just a better N sixty four. Much like how the Super yeah. Nintendo was a better NES. You know. Yeah, in every way, exactly. And uh, and like I think since the NES or maybe the the SNES, the GameCube was the console that got the most IP recognition from Nintendo. Like ninety, mm-hmm. uh, so many. I can't say all of them, but so many of their uh, their IPs that people care about anyway got a game on the GameCube, which, right, was just good to see. It was nice. <laughs> I feel like the the one that I can think of.
1: Maybe I'm wrong. uh Donkey Kong titles on GameCube were a little
0: weird? Yeah, they were absolutely weird. <laughs>
1: yeah, Donkey Konga, Jungle Beat, and like, I don't know. I don't know what else.
0: Yeah, they, they are definitely weird. They went a little <laughs> bizarre with those. But that being said, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, I think? Maybe it's Konga. I always get them confused. Was that
1: a platformer?
0: Yeah, one of them is actually a platformer, and you don't need <laughs> to use the bongos. You can just use a controller for it. <laughs>
1: That's, you got to appreciate the wackiness, even if it doesn't end up being all that fun. Like uh, it was, It's
0: like Mario Dance Mixer, the, the Power Glove. We just decided <laughs> to do something weird.
1: Well, even the Wii at the time was a little bit like that, where like, no other consoles were doing motion controls whatsoever, and Nintendo's like, yeah, uh we got this thing, and we believe very strongly in it, so you're going to have to use it for like... 80 to 90% of the stuff you do in your games. Some of the games were great. Some of the games were completely terrible.
0: (laughs) And then everybody ripped them off. Right. (laughs) We got Kinect and PlayStation Move. Both of which have completely died, arguably. Oh, yeah. Uh, The era of motion controls being a big thing is over. I have to say,
1: going back to play uh, Mario Galaxy in that collection on Switch where you didn't have to use motion controls if you didn't want to, man, that was a game changer.
0: I want to like, ask you about that, because I, I have it, and haven't played it yet. Um, but I'm so excited to, because of that exact... Because that's what stopped me from enjoying the game. Is it... Yeah. Th- does it translate well?
1: Well, I mean, th- there are... There is some aspects, like, obviously, I'm thinking of the... um, There's those, like, joystick... The, the star ball thing that you have to roll around on or the the manta ray levels, um, yeah. there's still a lot of motion control. Like, you really can't recreate that. Uh, right. It's kind of baked in to a certain extent. But the, um, the, the thing that I'm thinking of that you do the most in, like, the entire game, no matter what you're doing, uh, shaking the remote uh, to spin is now a button. Ugh. It is like, I can't even quite articulate it to you. It is just so much better. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, do, you stop thinking about it after like 10 minutes. It's like, you mean I don't have to sit here and shake the control every time? Like, no, it's great. <laughs> you just play it like a real game.
0: I've wanted nothing more over the past like twelve years to love the Galaxy games, and I just couldn't because of the stupid. We well, that'll that'll be
1: my yeah. Uh, you encouraged me to play the Kirby demo. This is my soapbox. <laughs> uh, go back and rediscover Galaxy. If there's anything, if there's any game that I would love to impart to you and anyone who has not tried it on the Switch. Uh, I cannot say enough. First of all, I'm... I mean, uh, let's check our biases at the door. Highly nostalgic for this game. Of course. Um, But, yeah, without the obstacle of motion controls, I just desperately hope that you love this game like I love this game.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna like it. I don't know if I'm gonna appreciate it the same way because I didn't get to play it at that arrow that when it would have, you know, hit me hard. But... I, to a certain degree, I feel nostalgic about it just because of the music. Like,
1: that soundtrack
0: goes off. It has no right to be as good as it is. I I just, whenever I hear it, I'm thinking like, even though I never really played it back in the day for more than 10 minutes at a friend's house, I still think about those times where I played it or my friends were playing it and I'd hear the music in the background. Like, it is one of the most iconic Mario scores ever. Well, and the the funny thing I think
1: for me is that the nostalgia that I have, particularly for that game, and also just for, like, the Wii era, we're not talking, like, late childhood. Like, we're talking late adolescence. So, like, I am nostalgic for things that are still relatively a recent memory. Right. Like, we're we're still talking, like, over 10 years at this point, but, like, that's the sort of thing that... It's a different sort of nostalgia, I think. Because it's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I had the, obviously, I had the choice to buy the game. Uh, It's not, like, as a kid where, like, you know, you just kind of end up playing what's there. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Or maybe maybe, uh, a parent is like, yeah, let's uh, go get a game or whatever. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) It's just, it's a different sort of nostalgia, I feel like.
0: I totally understand what you're saying. I feel nostalgic about Breath of the Wild already, and I played that when I was 18 years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, a game at the, if you played at the right time, it it hits you the right way. The circumstances are just perfect. Like, it'll it'll recreate that that same nostalgic feeling, but you know, in a slightly different way. I get it. I get it. And it, I mean, for you,
1: for your what you're saying there in terms of the soundtrack being one of the things that you remember i have on and off not really stopped listening to the mario galaxy 1 soundtrack since i played the game and i've li- i so i've listened to these songs outside of a game context far more than i ever heard them in the game <laughs> and i think that has <laughs> that has probably been a big factor in the nostalgia as well is because I can hear the music anytime I want. I've just got it on my phone, so I can like re-experience a lot of the the same sort of feelings that I had uh, first experiencing the game. And then I did the same thing with Mario Odyssey. <laughs> I I bought the I bought the soundtrack. I imported it from Japan, and just have the Odyssey soundtrack on my phone too.
0: It's like you imported it from Japan.
1: Yeah, well, I I actually it make it sound uh, more complicated than it actually was. I just got it off of Amazon, but it had to be imported. talking about like a
0: a CD. Yeah,
1: four disc set. I love that. In the in an era that discs and CDs are long over, I feel like in the West, but for whatever reason, that's just the common way. That's uh, that soundtracks are still
0: released to this day it, in be, Japan. I mean, it, the people who are uh, getting game soundtracks on CD and stuff—that's that's a collector's thing, you know. Oh yeah, that's that's what that is. I, I personally, I love collecting vinyl, and if there is a video game soundtrack that uh, that hits me in a certain way where I want to hear it outside of the game, you have done something right. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I have the yeah. Minecraft soundtrack on vinyl because it's such a it's such a mood like you put that on like a candle it's 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 calming it's that's one of those ones that feels like very much
1: uh not at all in your face like it's it's no the, the I feel like the I mean having not really played Minecraft a whole lot but I've definitely uh consumed a lot of YouTube videos on it like mm-hmm. the the sort of feeling you get from that music is exactly that like it's just like background Vibes. Oh, it's very ambient. To,
0: yeah. And I I don't I don't know how to explain it. I feel like nostalgic is the best way to describe it. Even if you didn't play it. It's just the the instrumentation they use and the way they use it, that is the best way to describe the Minecraft soundtrack. It's it's just it's very delightful.
1: Well that's it that's the thing. It's just like you say, like if 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 the music has been crafted in such a way that it can take you back to the sorts of feelings you had playing the game. Honestly, that's like that is a massive accomplishment in itself. I feel like. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, that, whoever composed your game did something right. They they elicited the the exact right feelings at the exact right time. Yeah, and had it complement whatever you were doing perfectly. Uh, my 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 buddy Logan. I just uh, convinced him. I've 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 been on a waiting list for it for months, but I can't afford it right now, unfortunately uh but he bought it it's the uh, the Stardew Valley 4 vinyl set it's uh, holy crap that thing is beautiful i'm going to send you a link to it after this it all the the vinyls are like this beautiful pastel watercolor looking artistic mess and it, all right, he bought it immediately when i sent it to him and he uh, he sent me a video yesterday of him listening to it and they're just beautiful <laughs> they're amazing and that's a soundtrack mm-hmm. that also lends itself really well to to uh, you listening to outside the game
1: well, and if, if, uh, if it's anything like the sort of vibes that you get from, like, Harvest Moon games, I'm, I'm very nostalgic for uh, Friends of Mineral Town. Oh, yeah. Um, and, the, and the music
0: from that. Very similar.
1: Yeah, like, uh, I'd be completely on board with that. I mean, again, having never played Stardew Valley, but, like...
0: Okay, this leads me to a question. Is there a game, that uh, an unexpected game, that you would love to have a physical soundtrack for that people wouldn't expect? That's a good question that I don't know that I have an answer for. Because Mario Galaxy, widely recognized for its soundtrack. So that wouldn't be an unexpected choice.
1: And I mean, to be fair with with that, Nintendo did a stupid thing where they only ever released the soundtracks for Mario Galaxy 1 and 2 as, like, my Nintendo rewards and then never re-released them. Yeah. So in order to get a hold of that music, I had to go through other channels. I don't really care. I needed the I needed that music.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. I've done that before too. I actually I have a for Fable One on the Xbox. I made a custom vinyl. It cost me like 150 bucks, just with the soundtrack on it because I wanted that. Well, on it's vinyl.
1: one of those things like that game is probably never going to release unless they like remake it. They you're probably never going to see a soundtrack for it, right? Like they did release a CD for it back then.
0: Okay. To my surprise, okay. I've just always been a vinyl guy. <laughs>
1: Right. one, well, you can just make a vinyl from the CD tracks. Not oh, that hard. Well, I mean, I can't do it, but there are people on Etsy who well, can do it. <laughs> <laughs> it. We have the technology. Not that it's consumer grade, but uh, yeah. It's out there. It exists. If you really want it, you can do it. Yeah. To answer your question, I, I, yeah, I feel like I already have most of the soundtracks that I can particularly think of from games. Honestly, Metroid Prime 3 is another one of those soundtracks that um, I'm really nostalgic for. For a different reason. Oh, that's fair. Would that lend itself well to listening to outside of Metroid Prime, though? Some stuff. Right. So obviously, and here's here's where when you get a video game soundtrack, the, the trouble that you have is often the music that is used, like boss music or like enemy encounter music... Where it like all of a sudden ramps up and it's like really tense and yeah. angry, yeah, that is not useful to me anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree I agree with you on that. If it's if it's just stress inducing, why would I want this? No, you're right. The stuff that I do love, though, and this is even Metroid Prime Three. This is uh, this is Mario Odyssey. This is Mario Galaxy. Like even uh, some of the Halo Two soundtrack. It's the stuff like the main themes or like the ambient stuff set like orchestral stuff or just like general lower tempo, but like still, I don't know. It gives, it gives you the feeling of playing the game without getting too video gamey, I guess. I don't know if that really <laughs> describes it at all. But, like, yeah, I'm not interested in the in the boss music and in the stressful stuff, but if it if it comes to uh like for example, the Halo Two soundtrack, it's a shoot game, yeah, but the the kinds of songs that you have in there are incredible because they don't sound like war, they sound like the vistas, they sound like. The vastness of space, you know, like it, 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 translates all of the environment and the, the, just the general game feel of the world that you're in when you're playing the game, that's what shows up in the music. And that's why that, that's the sort of soundtrack and that's me, maybe just me personally, but that's the kind of game soundtrack that I want to have outside of the game, especially if it's a game that I already loved so it's obviously very rare to find a soundtrack that works even outside of the game but when you can find that it's like magic almost <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, i'm definitely i think you're with most people on that you know if i if i'm going to listen to a, a video game soundtrack outside yeah the the boss music the battle music that that is made for the context of the game right yeah something like halo that can be enjoyed in any setting cuz that's you know that's calming that's a that's setting a mood Mm-hmm that I would want a mood. I'd want to feel outside of playing Halo. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, even in
1: Halo, there's still, there's still tracks like that, that I probably would skip. But if, if a, if even like 70 to 80% of a game soundtrack is able to capture those environments, uh, without bringing in the incidental stuff that makes sense when you're like being chased by an enemy or you're trying to track someone down or you're Doing a stealth section, like it makes sense when you're actually there, but if you strip all that away and you've only got the music, yeah, there's there's gonna be some fluff in there. There's gonna be some stuff that is like, no, get rid of that. Well, naturally
0: don't that. <laughs> naturally, when I actually when I made my custom uh, Fable vinyl, I left out some of the super intense tracks because I was like, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't need these. Yep. Uh, something like uh, I'd love the Spyro soundtrack on a physical medium that game is such easy listening like it's 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 upbeat but it's not like in your face it's still uh, very much like a background kind of sound yeah that and there's a game
1: series that i never uh i i do own the uh the remakes on the uh, reignited trilogy i always that's one of those that i do intend to go back to at some point cuz like i feel like i only ever played the demo and maybe a little
0: bit of some of the other uh like 2 and 3 maybe uh i'm super biased cuz i was a spyro kid but i think it's just as good as the crash trilogy <laughs>
1: <laughs> there and there's another one where's our crash bandicoot trilogy uh soundtrack that'd be cool cuz there's that i'm mean, probably not in the same way cuz it's it's like a it's really cartoony so like it can get grating but there's there's some tracks in there that would be really nice to have full qualities of.
0: If if I was presented with the two, I'd pick Spyro just because I think it lends itself better to background music. It is more environmental. I will absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah, but Crash, I mean Crash would still be cool, especially, you know, if you were a fan of Crash back in the day. Okay, yeah. <laughs> did you ever have a Sims phase at any point in your life? So, I
1: owned one Sims game. It was, I believe, called The Sims Bustin' Out on Game Boy Advance.
0: <laughs> on Game Boy? Hold on. No, I know that game from the PS2 <laughs> era, but not on the Game Boy. <laughs> wow. In- I- insert your insults now. <laughs> what an F-tier Sims game. Are you shitting me?
1: Nope. What? That's the one. I- that is the only one I ever played. Did you like it? Uh, it had its moments. I don't know that I would describe it as a Sims game, because I know what a Sims game is supposed to be. Right. And that was not it.
0: Definitely looking (laughs) it up after this. Well, I I bring it up because The Sims 2, that is a soundtrack I would love on a physical medium. It's so happy. I would put it in my top 10 most nostalgic soundtracks of all time. It's just beautiful it, it it's it's ambient but it's also kind of in your face at the same time it's so cheerful like it's impossible to be sad listening to sims music
1: i'm gonna have to look that up after because i would love to know what you're talking about i'll send you
0: uh one of the most iconic songs it's just I, I don't know if it fills me with joy like i want anytime i hear it i want to like run around my house and start cleaning like a sim <laughs> They evoked the emotions you're supposed to feel very well hey, with that soundtrack. If music
1: can turn you to chore mode, um... That's impressive. You wouldn't feel like, as a as a kid or as a teenager, that is never something you look for. No. But as an adult, I'm like, that's my jam. Like, let's go. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please give that to me so that I don't have to suffer through this meaning menial chore business.
0: I'm not even kidding you. Last week I was doing the dishes, jamming out to The Sims because it was just, <laughs> it's amazing. That is wonderful to find something
1: that can break up the monotony. And especially if it's a video game soundtrack, super unexpected, I feel like. That is fantastic. I love that so much.
0: You could probably say the same for any generation of The Sims, but The Sims 2 generation was mine. So, I don't know. just worked for me. <laughs>